Jobless claims fall once again. WeWork finally goes public. Tesla delivers solid Q3 results. And JP Morgan explains to Bitcoin Rally. This is the running with the money briefing. Let's get into it. are back here with another day in the markets. We have the Dow Jones down 74 points, S&P 500 up four, and the NASDAQ up 72. Meanwhile, you take a look at treasury yields, and you see that the 10-year U.S. treasury yield is currently at 1.676%. That is slightly up, and we also see oil moving to the downside with a WTI crude moving down 0.9%, Brent moving down 1.22%, and net gas moving down 0.39%. Meanwhile, you also have gold moving to the downside, silver and copper, following the way to the downside copper taking a sizable um, hit today down 3.82%. Um, but what is leading the market to the upside of the day and what's leading the market to the downside of the day? Well, you have consumer physical, technology, healthcare, real estate, industrials, all moving to the upside of the day. Meanwhile, you have energy getting nailed, basic materials getting nailed, financials, utilities, consumer defensive, also moving to the downside. Now, shifting into um, the number one headline of the morning, not of the day, we have these jobless claims that continue to fall. First time filings for jobless claims came in at 290,000 for the week ending October 16th, um, and that's down 6,000 from the previous week and well below that Dow Jones estimate we had of 300,000. So solid results when it comes to jobless claims. Um, and it was the second week in a row that we saw these jobless claims run below 300,000 and decline. So good stuff on the jobless claims front. Now, continuing claims, those dropped also to a new low throughout the pandemic coming in at 2.48 million. Um, and that is way off of uh, the previous numbers we were seeing um, just a few months ago. Now, you take a look at the latest labor market right now, it is pretty weak still. It is pretty tough, I would say. You have 4.3 million workers that left their jobs in August. So it's definitely not um, good news yet when it comes to labor market. You know, it's not a spectacular labor market. People need workers right now and they can't seem to find them. And therefore you have wages going up and all of this stuff that is just creating a lot of issues um, that you see the Fed somewhat trying to deal with as well. So there's plenty of issues still in the labor market and we're going to leave it at that um, because we could talk about the labor market all day. Now shifting into WeWork finally going public. Now this is that company you know that planned the IPO in 2019 but then they uh, disclosed in their filing um, that they lost 1.9 billion dollars and that a year down the road they'd run out of cash and then their CEO Adam Newman well, he got caught up in some scandals, was maybe doing some illegal financial activity, not good, um, and then it just all went south. And just prior to that, you had SoftBank come in and invest in the company at a $47 billion valuation. Holy smokes. And then you had, you know, SoftBank come out not too long after that, um, CEO of SoftBank, Masayoshi's son, and he came out and said the investment was foolish, that their multi-billion dollar investment was just wrong. He went on to say, quote, we made a failure on a investing in WeWork, and I've been admitting that several times. I was foolish. Not good stuff um, coming out of SoftBank, but finally, WeWork going public via a SPAC transaction 
at a much lower valuation of $9 million. You take a look at how it's trading the day. It's up 9.3%, currently trading under tickle symbol uh, WE, um, and you see it currently trading at $11.34 per share. So WeWork finally going public, maybe a company to dig into and do some research on. I figured I would bring it to everyone given that it was a headline name going um, public today, and it was all throughout the financial news given the drama behind its previous IPO attempt. Now, shifting into the biggest uh, analyst calls of the day, we got JP Morgan reiterating Ford and General Motors as overweight, saying, quote, we are previewing third quarter 2021 automaker earnings by raising estimates considerably to forecast a large beat in the case of GM and by increasing our Ford estimates to a more modestly above consensus from in line. So they believe both GM and Ford are going to do a little better than expected on earnings and therefore that's going to indicate or result in upside price action in both names. Now, we also had CFRA downgrade Home Depot to hold from buy. Why did they downgrade Home Depot? Well, this is why, quote, supply chain challenges remain a worry, but its largest material, lumber, is not a supply risk. Lumber prices have fallen significantly from the parabolic price action or price move earlier this year. Home Depot's pro segment is seeing increased competition that may erode potential sales from contractors engaged with remodeling and other large transaction projects. So CFRA citing here on this downgrade supply chain challenges, some oversupply and price um, deductions coming in um, due to the supply chain issues that have been experienced throughout COVID-19 and then some uh, segment competition, increased competition causing some sales issues. So very interesting stuff um, on this downgrade of Home Depot by CFRA to hold from buy. And then we had Goldman Sachs reiterating Tesla as a buy just after we got their third quarter earnings results, which we are going to go through in a minute. I'm um, just just last night, Goldman Sachs saying, quote, we maintain our buy rating on the stock and believe that Tesla's record automotive gross margin, excluding regulatory credits, this quarter is a positive indicator for the company going forward or the company's forward earnings potential. So very good stuff coming out of Goldman Sachs when it comes to Tesla. I'm sure Tesla holders are happy with this reiteration of buy on Tesla. Now, Citi also reiterated Microsoft as a buy, saying, quote, the setup for Microsoft shares through FQ1 continues to look good, with our reseller survey pointing to an uptick in quota achievement levels, 77% versus 65% last quarter. We expect to see a slight reacceleration in Azure revenue, driven by continued strength in cloud consumption models and intentions from our CIO survey. So very good stuff um, for Microsoft. Some good data points here um, that were made by Citi. Um, they see more demand, especially for Azure, um, and therefore they are liking Microsoft here over the next few weeks and months. And then Morgan Stanley, reiterating two oil names, Exxon and Chevron, as overweight. What do they have to say about these two companies? Well, Morgan Stanley said, quote, ENPs have posted a warranted rally underpinned by rising commodity prices and a strategic shift towards free cash flow and returns. Now, more stable oil majors, CVX and XOM, trade at free cash flow yields in line with large cap ENPs, a valuation disconnect that could support a catch-up trade for these two big oil stocks. So this is mostly a valuation trade um, being reiterated here by Morgan Stanley, liking Exxon and Chevron as overweight. And then finally, our final uh, call on the street today that we're going to go over is Bank of America naming Exxon a top idea 
in earnings. We just talked about Exxon. So Exxon getting uh, some double love today. You have Bank of America saying, quote, with that said, there is one catalyst we believe can hasten a, re- a return of confidence to old energy. An expected increase in XOM dividend, the first since 2019, and in our view, resetting expectations of value as defined by the modest dividend discount growth model. So Bank of America believes that Exxon will up their dividend here possibly in the next quarter or quarters to come, and therefore you could see some upside price action in the stock. Very interesting call out of Bank of America and Morgan Stanley. Now, shifting into Tesla's Q3 results, and they did not... um, I wouldn't say uh, they definitely disappointed investors. They didn't do that, um, but they didn't impress it enough for the stock to dramatically move to the upside. You had some calls right after earnings um, saying that Tesla is going to 1,000. We currently see Tesla up 3.06% after opening in the red. Um, Tesla... What did they do? Well, they delivered an earnings per share of $1.86 compared to $1.59 um, that was estimated. They also delivered $13.76 billion in revenue. That's up from $13.63 billion in revenue or the expectation um, of $13.63 billion in revenue for the third quarter. So they beat on both the top and bottom lines. You dig into these results and gross margins. Well, they improved um, to 30.5% in its automotive business and 26.6% overall. Both of those record levels over the past five quarters. You take a look here in the company. Um, Tesla reported $1.62 billion in net income on a gap basis. That's the second quarter that they have delivered a $1 billion uh, net income quarter. Definitely solid numbers there. And if you take a look at the same time 2020 level, it was $331 million. So a big time improvement in net income. You take a look at automotive revenue and that improved big time to $12.06 billion. Um, so that was a very good metric. You also see Tesla generated $800 six million dollars in revenue from its energy business um and that combines solar and energy storage products and then they also generated $894 million in revenue in services and other. Um, so solid results out of Tesla, those margins improving and investors loving it. Um, and you really take a look at the profitability of this company um, and it is better, um, well, somewhat better, if not better, um, or in line with the other major automakers. And a lot of investors definitely liking this right now. In some cases, it's much better than other major automakers at the moment. Um, and then you take a look at what the company said, and they do maintain guidance that they are going to, quote, achieve 50% average annual growth in vehicle deliveries, but they did have a little bit of a warning in what caused um, some issues throughout the quarter, saying, quote, a variety of challenges, including semiconductor shortages, congestion at ports, and rolling blackouts have impacted our ability to keep factories running at full speed. So, Tesla delivered a pretty darn solid quarter while experiencing a lot of issues when it came to the supply chain, when it came to rolling blackouts, probably in China at their China factory. So a lot of issues still, um, but Tesla delivered these results with all those issues. So what could they do in a normal environment without all of those um, issues that weren't around just a few years ago? Hmm, very interesting numbers coming out of Tesla. Um, Maybe a great case for the bulls to be made. Um, And then finally, we have one last headline to go over in today's briefing. And this is JP Morgan on the bit. Bitcoin rally. Now, what's going on with Bitcoin? You take a look at Bitcoin today, and it is moving to the downside, actually, after a major run all the way up to 67,000. Holy smokes, a new all-time high for Bitcoin. But you take a look at what it is doing today, and it is actually, in the past one day, it's down 5.15%, but in the past month, 
Well, it's still up 10.94%, so people are complaining. Bitcoin currently sitting at 63675 You take a look at Bitcoin, and JP Morgan believes that this rise in Bitcoin over the past few months wasn't any futures Bitcoin ETF. No, no, no. It was inflation. They said, quote, we believe the perception of Bitcoin as a better inflation hedge than gold is the main reason for the current upswing, triggering a swift away from gold ETFs into Bitcoin funds since September. And that was Nicholas, uh, boy, this is a last name, Penny Garolo. Uh, maybe that's how you name that. I mean, it is a crazy name. Congratulations on the amazing name, by the way. JP Morgan Global Market Strategist said, holy smokes. Um, either way, uh, according to JP Morgan, they saw these Bitcoin ETFs not really trigger much uh, flows into Bitcoin itself. But really what they're seeing is Bitcoin being viewed more as a very good inflation hedge. Um, and therefore, that's why you're seeing a lot of buying in Bitcoin. In fact, yesterday, there was an interview on CNBC with Paul Tudor Jones. Um, and they were asking him about inflation and good hedges. And they asked him if uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies were a good inflation hedge. And he said, quote, Bitcoin would be a great hedge. Crypto would be a great hedge, Jones said. He goes on to say, there's a plan in place for crypto. And clearly, it's winning the race against gold at the moment. I would think that would also be a very good inflation hedge. It would be my preferred one over gold at the moment. So Paul Tudor Jones, a billionaire hedge fund manager, preferring crypto over gold as an inflation hedge. Some big stuff coming out on uh, Bitcoin here and a lot of these flows being attributed to inflation, a lot of this price action in Bitcoin being attributed to inflation fear rather than these ETFs and the proposed adoption of Bitcoin. Some very interesting stuff in the crypto space. Tesla earnings, once again, they delivered pretty darn solid results and Tesla is moving up um, on those results today, up 3.15% after initial negative reaction. You see those major analyst calls on Ford and General Motors. Um, we had that downgrade on Home Depot and Goldman Sachs reiterating Tesla as a buy. You have WeWork going public and those jobless claims improving once again um, this morning. So solid uh, metrics coming out across the board is solid day within the markets and those were the biggest headlines. Now, before we go, once again, I want you to go give my boys over at Pounding the Table a listen. They're continually putting out great content, great episodes, some of the best around in the FinTwit space, in the financial space. Um, so definitely go check them out at Pounding the Table um, on Twitter, or you can listen to them on Spotify, um, Apple uh, Apple Podcast, wherever the heck you listen to podcasts, go give Pounding the Table a listen. And please follow me and my team at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook. You can also follow me at Luke Danae. If you want a stock broken down, deep dived on, or if you want us to talk about something here on the podcast in regards to a company individually or the overall market, tweet me at Luke Donay. Or if you have any questions about investments or trading at all, tweet me. I'm always there. I'm happy to answer your questions. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. We will be back tomorrow with another episode. In the meantime, easily profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow. 